Okay, we are recording. So uh, thanks very much, everybody, for coming. It is Wednesday, July, what is today? The 9th or something like that. Yes, yeah, the 9th. And so uh, <clears throat> it's sort of a, one of these slow summer days. We've definitely found that um, attendance at some of the live classes during the summer has been down. I think I think people are out um, experiencing the, the sunlight and what have you. So, so anyway, we've been doing a lot of light topics fun tunes and stuff like that in the uh, in the Dojo U classes. And so, um, so anyway, uh, thanks very much, everybody, for coming. Looks like people are doing pretty good, um, which it's we a are. a beautiful day elsewhere. It is here in New Jersey, that's for sure. It definitely is. So um, that is great. I want to get right into it today, um, and it's sort of a – uh, midsummer day, and I thought that we would do something I've been wanting to do for a while. I wanted to have kind of like a, a feel-good show uh, in regards to ways that bagpiping has or can enrich your life and all the good things that bagpipes can do. Because I think I think a lot of people um, I think a lot of people that are thinking about playing the bagpipes um, are often you know, not fully aware of all the cool things that result from playing the instrument. So hopefully we can have some crowd participation today. Maybe you um, folks out there can share with us some of the ways in which piping has enriched your life. Maybe things that are obvious, but maybe other things that you didn't realize at the time when you got into piping. Uh, I'm interested that, in hearing it too because I'm interested in learning that it's not all suffering and heart, heartache. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, uh, it's it, – it's definitely uh, some suffering and heartache, just like any um, any musical endeavor uh, would be. But uh, there are a lot of ways uh, bagpiping has uh, enriched my life that, in retrospect, right, you never really thought about when you got started. When I first started playing the bagpipes, I did so largely because my dad did it, and I thought it was really cool. And I thought pipe bands were really cool. Um, and and then it, it was something that I was pretty good at, and... I was fortunate to have a lot of great opportunities along the way, and uh, subsequently, you know, my life has, you know, been defined almost entirely. Um, all of the key events have have been defined almost entirely by things bag, you know, places bagpipes have taken me. Yeah, well, and that's and that's that this sort of the joke that we all use, right? It's like it's this it's this sort of like sickness that you get infected by and, and influences every aspect of your life, which is really, I think, one of the key things about it right it's just it's just it sort of does sort of spider out into everything that you do and sort of has this sort of framework that uh sort of propels you through your efforts you know and other things yeah kurt says bagpiping enriched his life because he met his wife of 29 years in the band and they still play together that's really cool i also met my wife through a uh, bagpipe connection so that would not have happened if i never learned bagpipes Kind of interesting. I probably would have met some different woman, and she would have been way less cool. <laughs> that, was, that was a bad, bad marriage joke there. Don't, don't, um, yeah. Ben's like, you should. But uh, yeah, I mean, you, no, no, that's that's something to stay away from, because because this is recorded, and you know, be all the people can see it, hear it, this. You know. Other people can see or hear it. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, when you think about it, it's like you know that's that's your biggest thing, right? There's lots of husband and wife combinations, you know, in in all areas of of bagpiping that 
you know, I guess that would be the major the major thing you could point to, right? Would be would be yeah. your spouse as the major influence, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm trying to think. I um, I actually um, I actually ended up going to a different high school because I played the bagpipes. Um, I ended up uh, moving to um, Ontario for five years, from eighth grade all the way through to when I graduated high school, uh, because Jim McGilvery um, was hired as the piping director, and they they sort of gave him permission to quote unquote recruit. Um, a sort of, um, for lack of a better word, hotshot piper, you might call it. And uh, so they had me go up there and, and learn. And I, I got to study with Jim McGilvery for five years, but I also met tons and tons of my best friends um, as a result. It was pretty cool. Yeah, and I, th I think, you know, that's meeting people is definitely the, the sort of a key thing for me. You know, you make these sort of lifelong connections with people that, you know, sort of lead to all kinds of things. I mean, you, whether you're seeing them sort of once a year or, you know, a handful of times during the course of the year, you just meet these people from all over the place. And that was always exciting for me. Just, you know, and people from all walks of life, you know. I think that's the bagpipe is one of those few things that can boast that, you know, for people from all kinds of different backgrounds all come together to play, you know, to do this thing. Um, yeah, absolutely. You know. I mean, you make a lot of friends and, and I think – We'll talk about it more in a few minutes, but uh, you know the musical the musical journey it doesn't just yield music, does it? I mean, uh, it yields a little bit more than that. Uh, Les's anecdote's really cool. A couple of weeks ago at a memorial service, a woman came up to Les and thanked him for playing uh, at a service what 15 years ago it sounds like uh, for her husband. Um, and uh, yeah, it doesn't have to be one of your best. You too. Friends. That's that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, that, exactly. was, that was memorable for her, I guess. Yeah, and it doesn't always come through good performances, does it? Les was like, "Yeah, I don't think I played overly well at that point," but um, <laughs> it was cool that she remembered it. And that's definitely true. Some of the most memorable things are bad performances or things that happened that weren't that great. But sometimes good things come out of that, right? Good things come out of performances that maybe weren't that great. Um, definitely. Um, I was gonna. I was talking a little bit, yeah, about the musical journey of everything. I mean, I think that I've I've learned a lot about how to approach problems, how to interact with people. Um, I've learned a whole lot about, you know, life by working on this instrument and trying to make things better. Um, yeah, I, I think, and it's, and it's again bringing it back to the people. I think you know when. Pipers get together, and whether it's in a band or when you, you know, sort of travel around meeting other bands and other people, you know, the rules are kind of slightly different than your normal interaction, say, at work or school or something like that. You know, there's always these rules that are followed in social interactions. And I think for, for me, it was always like, you know, piping was like all tossed away and it was had its own set of rules. And that was, you know, as long as you just sort of – so you could all push that aside for a while and then sort of adopt, you know, whatever framework, you know, in, in the interactions there. So it's – makes it easier to meet people, makes it easier to talk to people, makes it, you know, just sort of easy, you know, it's easy to sort of break the ice with, with strangers, that kind of thing, you know. Definitely. And it makes it a lot easier to get out of speeding tickets. Now, you should never speed, yes. but if you no, accidentally speed. speed and get caught, um, you know, to, I mean, Joe, Joe uh, McGonigal is famous for a lot. He doesn't even own a pipe case. He just keeps those puppies in the back windshield. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So if and when he gets pulled over... Uh, 
if and when he gets pulled over, the pipes are right there, and he probably gets oh, yeah. out of 50%. Oh, yeah, easily, easily. Because, you know, it's a conversation starter and, and guaranteed whatever, whatever officer is pulling you over knows directly, either first hand or at least second hand, somebody else who's playing in some other band somewhere else, you know, in the area. Yes, exactly. You know, and because, you know, you make the rounds and you travel, you know who it is, which is even better. <laughs> so that makes it easier. Speaking of uh, speaking of traveling, so who out there has ever traveled somewhere really cool, um, you know, because of piping? So we're we're about to go to the Worlds again uh, this August, which is going to be great. Uh, we've been to Scotland pretty much every. I've been to Scotland pretty much every single year since 2001. Probably I've been to Scotland almost every year because. You know, when you pipe at a high level, there's lots of opportunities to go and compete. But there's other travel things that are cool, too. Like, um, oh, yeah. how about you, Vin? Have you traveled anywhere cool? I, you know, I've been up and down the eastern half of the United States and, and Canada, I think, more times than I can remember, than I can actually recall. You know, it's, that's one of the really cool things. I think you would never go to half these places on purpose. <laughs> if it wasn't for a pipe band competition, you know, so, you know, but the fact that you do is kind of neat, you know, um, you know, I, I, that was my first sort of foray in, across the border into Canada was going with the band, you know, um, and playing bagpipes. So uh, it was kind of cool. I would, you know, on your own, you would never really have much of a reason to do that, you know, unless you were involved in something like that. So, right. I think that's exactly right. I think that's where some of these activities are so cool. I think piping is, is, Quietly, piping is one of the great opportunities. Like, I always tell this to kids that play. It's like, you know, um, baseball is really cool. And if you're passionate about baseball, you should go for it. But I think a lot of kids just play baseball because that's what there is to do locally. But if you can get involved in your local pipe band or the piping scene, you know, you could go to the North American Championships in, in Ontario. You could go to Boston. You could go. Mm -hmm. um, to all of these different competitions, meet people, be part of a community. Um, and in many cases, a lot of kids' bands now are going to Scotland. And mm -hmm. I think that's one of the key things. It's like you could really see, uh, when I, for example, when I, um, and this is a, a really developed example, but when I was um, involved with the RMM program, which is the SFU Pipe Bands feeder system in, in Vancouver, British Columbia, when I uh, was involved there, I used to teach the grade four band, and it was this really hard job. But like um, every other year, we actually went to Los Angeles area, competed at the games, and like went to Disney World, um, and and uh, it was really really cool. And it's like, how, you know, and what other excuse or what other opportunity would you have to travel like that as a kid, or even as an adult, right? It's like teaching groups. Yeah. Right. And, and, and because of the, you just sort of slip your way in there, otherwise you'd have to shell out how much money to go to these places on your own, you know. But it'd be just sort of happenstance. You end up in cool places, and you know, it's kind of like being in the military, right? Travel Absolutely. far distant places, and <laughs> you know, meet interesting people, I guess. Except yeah, let's read some of these. Yet. Let's read some of these uh, travel things. So Kathleen said she she ended up in Long Island, and she's from Fort Lauderdale. Uh, or, or you're going to Greenport soon. Or something. Let's see for their maritime festival coming from Fort Lauderdale. But see, that's really cool. How often would someone from Florida get a chance uh, to travel to Long Island? That's awesome. Robert went to the Worlds in 1996 as a spectator. That's my favorite um, 
one of my favorite worlds of all time. There was some really, really great music played that year. Yeah. That's, Elizabeth's that's band from Ontario did a band tour in Scotland in 2012. That's awesome. Kurt went to Hawaii for the Hawaii. games in 84 oh, and 85. That'd be cool. Man, I want that gig. <laughs> that's um, something. Anyway. I actually know some folks. I actually know some folks from that that play bagpipes in Hawaii. Um, unfortunately, they don't mess around with small fish like us. They just hired Jack Lee to go out there. You know. <laughs> uh, so so I, I know Jack. Um, Jack gets the opportunity to go teach in Hawaii uh, occasionally, at least at least uh, for a while. Anyway, I don't know if he still does. Kenyon says, kind of related. Ah, this is a cool one. His first games were in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. And he finally got the bug, came home, found an instructor, and jumped in the deep end of the bagpiping pool. Uh, yeah. Excellent. There's, and there's, there's been some cool locations, on the, at least on the East Coast, too, where there's, I mean, Fort Ticonderoga up in, you know, way up north. In, what's it? Is it New York, yeah. I guess? Or, yeah. I yeah, used to have a, right a games, you know. And when I was a kid, it was like we used to go up there and camp, and it was like in the shadow of the fort, and it was kind of cool, you know. Um, it's just like an interesting location, you know, which is kind of a neat thing to do. He's like, oh, well, wow. games on Fort Tiger. Most of the games now are sort of in big fields, you know, farms or whatever, yeah. back to schools, and not too terribly interesting, but it would be kind of cool if they were sort of yeah. if, grabbing if onto landmarks learn, and stuff. If you learn to play pipes, you might get the opportunity to travel five hours to go stand in a field. <laughs> exactly. There's, the there's definitely some of that. There's, you gotta you got to trudge through some fields with grass that's way too long. Exactly. Uh, but, uh, Let's read some more. So, um, Les Indianapolis F1 Grand Prix Pipe Fest 2003. Cool. Uh, nice. USF Midway Pipe Fest 2010. That's very cool. Midway. Was, there a, uh, was it actually on the Midway? That'd be cool. That'd be really cool. Uh, let's see. Thanks. Kathleen says, you can also make extra money playing the pipes. You know, uh, that, that seems sort of trivial, but if you're just getting into the bagpipes, right, think about it. Especially if you're a younger person, um, I, I paid my way through college. That's actually not true. Uh, but I paid for all of my living expenses in college, um, playing bagpipes and teaching bagpipes. Um, it's a great way to make some money. Yeah, especially if you're organized. Um, and especially if you get to a level where, where you're capable of teaching, it's a great way to make extra money. You can't really make extra money playing baseball during the summer, can you? <laughs> um, sure. And uh, you can mow lawns or you could babysit, uh, but uh, I, I know that with one or two hours of bagpiping, I could make anywhere from 150 to 350 dollars. That's a pretty good. Uh, that's a pretty good summer job, if you ask me. So, Kathleen, sure. that's a great point. Uh, let's see. Lest has taken his pipes to Scotland in '98, Saudi Arabia '96. Holy cow! Wow. Kuwait. In 98 and 99. Elizabeth, Elizabeth says, I took my pipes to Cuba recently. And then I'm like, wait, what? And then, yes, you are from Canada, so travel to Cuba is a little bit more realistic. Um, that's pretty cool. Cool. Yeah. Don yeah. says he's thinking about going to the Capital District Games, which is here in the Albany area uh, from south of Boston. Yeah, that's right. It seems far away, but it's worth it, Don. You should definitely come out. You should definitely do it. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's the other thing, too. Like, you know, you sort of, 
with, with that in mind, right, if you're traveling or if you're thinking of traveling somewhere, you always sort of go with this framework like, oh, well, what kind of games are in that area that, that particular weekend or that particular month that I can sort of <laughs> maybe visit or play at or something like that, you know? Um, you always sort of see events and places in a, in a different way, you know, as they think, oh, well, what kind of piping activity is there, you know? You sort of seek it out and, you know, it sort of adds to, sort of broadens your experience, you know, and, and your sort of horizons there. Absolutely. Uh, let's see. Robert has gone across the country honoring fallen firefighters and police officers. That is extremely cool. And uh, I think that's a great way we can serve, too, in the world, isn't it? I mean, uh, bagpipes are very poignant, uh, are very poignant additions to, uh, to, to the memorial services, right? A lot of memorial services for uh, firefighters and police officers. And then there's also lots of joyous occasions, too. Like, um, I love playing at weddings. Uh, yes, you make money when you play at weddings, uh, but you're also serving a really important purpose that, you know, um, <clears throat> you really you're not going to get that anywhere else like you can have string quartets or organists play at the wedding but if you truly love the sound of the bagpipes right there are few that there are very few bagpipers out there and it's nice to be able to serve that purpose yeah. it's one of those things i think that carries on the tradition as well like i think bagpipes a piper and or sort of handful of pipers have commemorated important events since people actually blew them i think so it's, yeah, you know, every absolutely. significant thing that happened had a piper involved in some fashion all throughout the tradition. So you just carry that on, you know, and it sort of bleeds beyond the sort of Scottish slash Irish uh, cultural things that into other people's lives as well. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, Robert, um, who who was the person who brought this up, he says that's that's one of the main inspirations that got him into playing. So that's great. Um, and then you probably, Robert, tell me if I'm wrong wrong here, but you may have gotten into bagpipes largely for that reason, but then it sounds like maybe you've also discovered other things about the bagpipes that are really cool. Like, for example, when I started playing bagpipes, I just thought, I just thought uh, pipers and pipe bands were kind of cool, and like I like to watch pipe bands at parades, but then like in very short order, I realized all this other stuff. Um, oh, later in life, I really got interested in Pibroch, for example, which is a really cool art form. Uh, and at first, maybe for the first five, even maybe ten years that I played, I didn't really enjoy it that much. Now it's become a little bit of an obsession. Um, so, uh, yes, it does. Presumably true about Robert as well. Less, uh, <clears throat> oh, Robert is typing. Let's see what he says. Yeah, less. Uh, While well, we wait for Robert, Les is saying you meet a lot of people and then you see those people all over, don't you? Um, Ken <laughs> it always turns things that way, doesn't it? You know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I have a a good uh, person I consider to be a friend of mine, Stephen McCorder, um, who played with me in SFU for many years. I remember one time I was headed out to I was headed out west. I don't think it was even for Vancouver. I think it was like I was going to Los Angeles for some reason. Flying, I flew out from Albany with my, uh, she might not have been my wife at that point, but uh, flew, we were, and then we were in Chicago O'Hare Airport. And Stephen was just coming back from some other place, and we're on one of those moving walkways. <laughs> and, like, you know, it wasn't, there was no piping things necessarily going on that we knew about. But then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, like, Stephen McCorder is coming down the runway with his drum. And we're like, oh, hey, 
how's it going? Nice to meet you here in Chicago, where no, neither of us are from Chicago. <laughs> the chances we would cross paths or that we would see each other in the sea of people at Chicago O'Hare. It was kind of funny. And that's happened like multiple times to me. Stephen was the most notable one. Uh, yeah, it's, it's it's funny the way that happens too in the big cities. I always it always ends up like you walk around New York or you know anything. You just and it is throngs of people, and then suddenly you see somebody you're like, oh hey, <laughs> you know, <laughs> how you doing? You know, some somebody from random person, you know. Yeah, uh, let's see. Absolutely. I was standing. I was standing in line. I was this years ago. I was standing. Uh, it went to Jazz Fest in New Orleans. As far removed from bagpipes as you probably could get, I think, and which is still a cool, but it's still a cool event, you know. And I'm standing in line waiting for food, you know, getting a sandwich, a catfish sandwich or something like that. And there's a guy behind me talking about playing pipes and sitting on his dock in his backyard playing pipes. And he says, yeah, and I was playing this. And so I turned around and I started talking. So this guy lived nearby. He lived in Louisiana. And he's a, he just, you know, like, like messing around and took some lessons and sort of plays with a couple of extra musicians. And it was kind of cool. We just had a quick conversation, got our sandwiches, and then parted ways. It was kind of cool. You know? Yeah. It's funny. It's sort of like a secret, uh, a secret yeah. uh, fraternity of people, isn't it? Something like I think that. one of the the real secret fraternities is is when you see somebody playing a pipe tune on their steering wheel with their fingers, yes. or, or walking down. In the middle of traffic, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> that guy's a piper. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah. Definitely. Or when you see a bagpipe case on the subway or something, um, and you're like, "Wait, I know what that is." Exactly. We're everywhere. That's the point. That's, that's like I keep telling people that too. They say, "Oh yeah, I know this guy. He's playing bass." I said, "Yes, we're everywhere." <laughs> yeah, if only we served you know a greater purpose too, like secretly. Uh... <laughs> exactly. Just reading some of these comments here. <laughs> Kathleen's funny. He's playing bass at the park. He's in from across the lake. Came to sound. Gene taking turns playing like bagpipes. That's funny. Have you considered, Kathleen, that it could have just been an echo? <laughs> That's happened to me. He plays that tune wrong just like I do. How does that happen? Yeah, exactly. I'm playing the same setting of all these classic p Um Okay, cool. Well, um, let's see. Uh, that ways bagpiping can enrich your life. Hmm. Have we covered all the bases or is there more? Let's see what I was thinking of when I scheduled this. Um, good bagpipe stories. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, especially because bagpipes have taken me to high school and to uh, university. Uh, almost all of my good friends uh, I've made through piping. Very, I have very few good friends that were made any other way, <laughs> which which is either really cool or really sad, depending on how you look at it. <laughs> yeah, well, you can, t- you can talk about like the personal benefits. You know, it's not just about enriching life with like out externally, but internally as well, right? You know, like any sort of pursuit, creative pursuit, it sort of improves your, you know, your outlook on things. You know, builds discipline. Um, all that kind of stuff, you know, and I think, you know, for kids learning, I think that's a key element, I think, that, you know, needs to be sort of enforced. It's not just about, like, messing around on a on a big instrument that's kind of cool looking, but it's, you know, it's about all those things that come with, you know, practice and, and commitment and, you know, building, building discipline activity and 
you know, sort of a focus, all that stuff, all that stuff that yeah. goes along with all the other kids' activities that are pushed on on families, you know. But piping is no different, you know. Um, you know, I, I can I can honestly say that you know, there's just that approach to sort of learning music. I just sort of spills over into almost everything else. You know, I don't know whether maybe sort of learning pipes or learning tunes is comes from that sort of inclination anyway, but I think it's definitely honing those skills has definitely helped other things, you know. Um, Enhances quality of life. I'm with Gary there 100%. That's what we're all about here at the dojo too. It's like, you know, um, providing supplies, uh, teaching people how to think about the instrument in ways that allow them to enjoy it more because the more you can enjoy the instrument, the more your life gets better. I agree with you 100% there. I, I really do. Um, here's a good story. Um, I, when I got out of college and I moved back to New York, I got a crappy job and I worked at it for a while. And then eventually I kind of realized, well, I could just teach a few lessons, uh, you know, a few lessons a week. Like if I could get 10 weekly students, I could make as much as I'm making here at this job that doesn't pay me enough money. So I quit my job and I started teaching bagpipes and then you know, uh, five or so years later, uh, we had the Piper's Dojo, like a, uh, you know, worldwide uh, online piping school thing. And um, that's become my career. And that's something pretty cool that bagpipes have done for me as well. I've also managed to enslave Carl. As well. <laughs> Which has enhanced your life immeasurably, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean... I, my whole life, just like yours, Andrew, has been influenced every step of the way, um, you know, through through piping, and and I would absolutely argue enriched. I mean, I I, I wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah, we're trying to start bagpipe bands in every school in Scotland. Yeah, God help yeah. us if they if they figure that out, we'll never be able to beat the Scots. <laughs> Or we, or maybe we will. Maybe that's what we need to do in the U.S. as well. Yeah, you know, I think a lot of, I mean, there's certainly a lot of programs out there, and I think they recognize that sort of personal benefit of sort of learning this kind of an instrument. I mean, there's a, there's a lot that goes with it that's different than 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 your, see, your brass instruments in the marching band. It's it's got a historical component. There's a lot of learning that can happen around the music that doesn't really necessarily sort of rest on the music. You know, it's all in addition. uh, You know. I just finished filming. I just finished filming our new instrument fundamentals course. One of the things I was thinking about was, as I was doing this, is like, man, it is really hard. Like, it is and it isn't. Right. The whole point of the course is that it's not that hard um, to get a great bagpipe sound. Uh, but it's something. It's not that. It's not rocket science. But you have to commit to your instrument, don't you, as a mm-hmm. bagpiper? You can't. It's not like a. And, uh, and I don't want to uh, hate on the flute or the clarinet, but it's different, isn't it? Like with the flute, you sort of take it out, you put it together, mm-hmm. and then you practice. Right. And occasionally um, you clean it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But like with the bagpipes, it's like I have to develop a relationship with this instrument. I have to commit to the instrument. If I don't, my instrument is not going to sound good. I'm not going to be able to create music. Um, mm-hmm. And there's that sort of like phys- there's a physical element. I don't mean like working out physical. I mean like there's like a physical real world commitment to that. Right. And it's, it almost like, it's almost combining sport, right. It's almost combining sport and art. 
right? In the same thing. There's something about it, isn't there? Like, like um, there's the sort of you have to commit to it every day, right? And there is a competitive aspect of piping that we do. And then on top of that, on the other side of the coin, it's expressive, especially if you learn good fundamentals. Bagpipes are very expressive. Um, it's something where you can really bring your own voice to it. And it really is a well-rounded activity that, um, you know, I, I think it's really second to none, right? I mean, you could play baseball or you could, you could run marathons, but you're not really, I mean, not really an artist if you do that, are you? Right. And because so many people do it, everyone's kind of familiar with what it takes too. And, and, and you know, everybody's kind of had their time playing baseball at some age, you know, and so it's not, it doesn't stand out as something that sort of gives you some unique set of skills, <laughs> you know, yeah. um, even though sport in itself, you know, builds a lot of different kinds of things uh, for yourself. But I think, you know, instruments like bagpipe, the traditional sort of folk instrument requires that kind of commitment, right, to everything about it. It's not just the instruments, the music, it's everything. And it's, you know, and that, that, that develops an interesting set of skills that I think no other activity can really boast. Um, it's, it's interesting. And then here, the other thing, too, is like there's another element, right? Like have you ever uh, had a moment when you're playing your pipes where everything locks in the tuning of the instrument and the sound of the instrument locks in so well that it's like, it's like a transcendental and or religious and You realize like, that, that, that this is the reason why you work so hard. Yeah, I wish it was actually not in my bedroom all the time and actually when it counted, but... You know, I wish you know that would be a, a better thing. Is that uh, is, is that sound somebody reaching that transcendental phase? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Fire station. Fire station. Um, maybe we've been blowing minds. Maybe that's what that is. <laughs> I was talking when it went off. I don't know what I mean my mic. But anyway, but uh. Yeah. What was I saying? Good, Mary. Oh, thank yeah. you for validating. Transcendental thank space. You for validating. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but, but yeah, I mean, but then when you reach that point, you realize like that—that's the level of work. That this is why you've sort of sweated and sort of struggled yeah. and sort of, you know. And when it happens, you're like, oh, okay. Now I just have to make sure I have I can reach this easier each time, you know, or something. Mm -hmm. you know? And that in itself is like a, a is is a project, right? It's a, it's only like little personal projects along the way, and it never stops, no matter how far along you get or no how experienced you get you still have something to learn right something to do something to uh aspire to you know um i think that's again that's a, not something that a lot of other things can't you know sort of brag about i think that you know once you hit a certain point this is how you do it and that's that you know but um yeah awesome yeah Mick says um, the competitive aspect of sports has been shown to give you confidence and an advantage in business. And then piping gives you that plus a stronger analytical focus skill set and ability to communicate um, that most athletes probably wouldn't have. Right, Mick? Yeah, that's right. Interesting. Fascinating. Mm -hmm. Good. I'll tell you what, folks. Um, why, don't we, uh, why don't we venture towards wrapping this topic up? I don't want to... I don't want to um, harp on this too much. It, it seemed like a good topic for a nice summer day where folks are probably, more of us are probably outside than in on their computers. But uh, 
I think it's something you can enjoy all of your life. Yeah. As you learn, you continue to grow and develop. And very few things can take say that too. You know, like most, you know, like you play baseball, your kind of time is up when you turn, <laughs> you graduate high school or something. And maybe playing college, but that's it. You know, you don't really, unless you're really into it. You know. I mean, you could still organize baseball leagues yeah. and what have you. Coach or something like that. Yeah, totally. You can be involved in various ways, but there, you know, a few things. Even even playing some instruments, right? You know, there's very few places you can go after high school, your high school marching band if you still like playing trumpet. You know. You have to get involved in sort of like jazz quartets or something. I don't know. Um, I think it's something you can – it's like golf. You can enjoy it at any level whenever you want to. Mm-hmm. It's great. So uh, anyway, guys, thanks very much for joining us. We sort of had a, a, a half-hour show here, but uh, we really appreciate you guys coming out. And uh, things tend to be a little bit shorter here in the summer months, so I think that's good. So thanks very much for coming out, and uh, I think that's as good a place to stop as any, and we will catch you guys. Enjoy your upcoming uh, outings if you're out playing pipes. Next week, Have yeah. Fun. I'm uh, I'm working on cooking up a good topic for next week's class, so stay tuned. I don't know if it's going to be next week or not, but um, I'm hoping to talk with Craig Monroe from Wallace Bagpipes. He's going to do a presentation for us cool. about how to or about how bagpipes are made. So we are going to work on that, and hopefully that will be a big show coming up here. Yeah, I think I've seen him do that, actually, in other, other places. It's pretty cool, yeah. actually. Yeah, exactly. He's going to do it with us, so, so that will be great. So, guys, we'll see you next week. Thanks very much for coming. Excellent. Have a good day.